You don't appreciate the joy of simply bending at the knees until you can't. Same goes for doing a little hip shake or swinging a golf club. At O'Connor Hospital, we get it. And as the Valley's first hospital to earn the Joint Commission Center of Excellence for Hip and Knee Replacement, we're devoted to Twistology, which is our word for getting our patients back to taking the stairs, lifting grandkids, and celebrating birdies. O'Connor Hospital, your community hospital. och.sccgov.org. Right now, you are listening to a podcast about a podcast. Discourse is a unique audio offering, incisive, thought-provoking, and engaging. It's not produced by a major news network. It's the product of journalism students at Mamaroneck High School. Initially, West Virginia seems just as foreign as I had imagined. I knew I wasn't in New York anymore. The streets were relatively quiet, the chain shops and restaurants seeming low in activity. Discourse is the brainchild of English teacher Evan Madden. I think that this medium is developing so fast now that the kids want something that's not only authentic but real. And audio is exploding with the advent of iTunes and the iPhone. But also, this medium of sound is very exciting to students. They, they listen to streaming. All, they, 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 they watch and listen to streaming uh, Netflix all the time. So they want to feel like they're having a real experience. And there's, I grew up and was trained in print. But there's something about sound that's very human that kids love. And they love to capture it and edit it and then talk about it and dissect it. Rumors of the demise of radio have been greatly exaggerated for decades. The internet didn't kill radio, it actually provided a new platform for audio content. To ease the students into the world of sound, Madden had them listen to different podcasts. And they came in and said, I've never had an experience like that before. It's different than watching something. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, I felt something. I I felt connected to the narrator. I felt connected to the subject matter. And to me, the key that the kids said to me also was, I felt like I was focusing on one thing. I felt like my ears were working, and I didn't have to think about what was seeing in front of me or what I was noticing. I could really focus on the words. And for an English teacher, I mean, what's better than that, right? It's like reading a great book. So it's amazing. You know, for any of us that have worked in radio for a long time, it's like showing this magic trick that's always been around, but now kids are seeing I can do that too. The access is there. One thing was clear to Madden. He wanted his students to engage in serious journalism, to explore beyond the parochial concerns within their school walls. I've constantly been thinking about how do we expose kids to authentic learning and how do we get them to realize uh, the political process, but also that the world is beyond Larchmont and Maranac. So what I wanted them to do is read something. They read Hillbilly Elegy, and they read the response to that book as well, and that deals with the Appalachian region. And we talked about it, and what I realized was I wanted to get them out of this area quickly, get them out of their bubble before they graduate high school, and get them to see that the world and this country, there are people that are in very different places than them. So I wanted to garner empathy. That was my number one reason for doing the trip. But beyond that, I wanted them to be an authentic experience where they were reporters and they had to get, you know, gather audio and put together a piece. So it's really the truest test of whether or not they can do what we're asking them to do. Technology coach Mike Samartano. When they got to school, uh, they did some more reading and found themselves having a lot of deep conversations about uh, 
pretty much every topic you could imagine around the region. So some students gravitated towards uh, the politics of the region, others towards issues like the opioid crisis, obesity, health issues, education, um, coal and energy issues, poverty. He believes their trip to West Virginia provided so much more than just a lesson in how to be a reporter. One of the greatest takeaways that they had from this experience, um, the ability to see uh, people suffering and empathy, uh, empathize with them and feel for them and um, get over the initial fear and be able to just hear them. But first, they needed to learn some basics. Interviewing skills, storytelling, um, to the digital aspects, um, to using audio editing tools and digital audio recorders, microphones, etc. Four parts to any audio story that makes sense. You start with the exposition, you then go into some sort of complication, there's a bit of a resolution, and then there's some sort of concluding factor. And Evan Madden needed to construct a radio studio. So the studio used to be a, a bathroom <laughs> for a faculty. <laughs> To muffle that typical bathroom echo, they covered the walls floor to ceiling with black foam soundproofing. They installed an interview table, microphones, and recording equipment. Now they were ready to go to West Virginia. I focused on racism in the judicial system. Senior Mackenzie Lynch. Anywhere you go, you revert back to the general stereotypes you have of that place. What we see on TV, what we read in textbooks, what we see on our phones, all feeds into these false stereotypes. In our case, Though we were given every reason to believe otherwise, the natural biases remained as we started our trip. And yet, we labeled West Virginians as hillbillies. They're a minority group that is primarily white, often associated with the GOP, and occasionally labeled racist for their still prevalent ties to the Confederacy. What I'm trying to say is, we just can't deny these biases. Through all of this, one question tugged at my brain. What is it like to be a minority in West Virginia? Lynch scored an interview with a local judge who had a profound story to share. This man was in prison for 28 years. It was an African-American man, and he was completely innocent. And he was in prison for murdering someone. And 28 years later, she ended up getting him freed. Senior Eli Worth took a broader look at life in West Virginia. I think it's safe to say that everyone is searching for some form of success in life. Whether you're pursuing your passion, dreaming of wealth, or just aiming to maintain meaningful relationships, everyone has some version of an end goal. Where I live, Westchester, New York, we study, go to college, get a job, and settle down. This is normal for me, but it's not normal everywhere. Over the summer, I read Hillbilly Elegy, a memoir by J.D. Vance. It really made me think about how a variety of factors like home environment, community support, education, personal dreams, and the willingness to work all truly carve the path of someone's life. Throughout the book, Vance combines the history of the Appalachia area with his own personal experiences to produce a story of finding salvation and working towards your life goals against the odds. I realize that for some, success just means survival. Vance describes how, in order to achieve his goals and dreams of a higher education and a big-time job, he needed to overcome the natural obstacles within his struggling community and broken home. 
Worth has a background in video production. Working in radio is a little different. But when it came to script writing, I really had to change my mindset because uh, at this point, your words need to paint the picture for the audience, and it's entirely auditory. So kind of stopping and taking a breath and thinking about how to set a scene, how to paint a scene, um, how to walk an audience through my thought process, these were all very important things that I had to keep in mind um, when I was thinking about how to make a podcast versus how to make a video. The most effective way to communicate something is almost as if like you're having a conversation with somebody um, like, like we are now. Because when the audience feels like they're almost listening in on a discussion rather than, I guess, being lectured to, it's just more captivating and more engaging. So I really wanted to write in a way that made people feel like they were kind of just listening to me talk and like think out what I learned. He also seized upon another technique that we radio reporters consider to be a cornerstone of our work. Something really big that I learned in this class uh, that definitely enhanced my podcast was allow the clips to tell the story and to write around that. Um, I found that that really made the story more compelling and more genuine and not forced like I was trying to fit the clips with what I was saying and not the other way around. After the journey, the exploration, the writing and recording, what did he learn? It was really like it was really eye-opening. I know that's like a pretty generic term, but just being outside of the Larchmont bubble that I live in was definitely like a great experience because someone my age doesn't really get to spend a lot of time outside, you know, the town that they live in and seeing how other kids and other people live was definitely really interesting. English teacher Madden sees his podcast class evolving and growing into something bigger. Chappaqua Schools just contacted us and asked us, similarly, they want to build their own studio, and they asked us what the process was like, and we're thrilled. I mean, imagine if we created a consortium of, of Westchester schools that do podcasts. Then I think we're onto something really interesting for kids. But imagine if our students provided the news like people depended on us. That, to me, is the most authentic thing I think we can do for kids. In Mamaroneck, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880.